With one hand, we reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers. And with the other, we reach forward to the purpose, the power of God for a new generation. This is not a hope so, this is a no so. You can know beyond all doubt that heaven is your eternal home and you can know it today. Verse 12, it had a great high wall with 12 gates and the gates and, on, and at the gates 12 angels and the gates on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel, Jacob's sons were written, next, on the east, three gates, circle the word east. When you talk about directions, I looked it up. If you ask Wikipedia or you ask Siri or you ask, uh, what's that other one? Google. If you ask any of that, don't do it now, please listen to me. But if you would do that and you typed in direction, the first thing it would say is north. Then it would say south. Then it would say east. Then it would say west. But you can't just read the Bible, you have to read the Bible. So there are 12 gates, there are four on each side uh, three on each side of the four sides. You with me? So there are 12 gates total, but there are only four that can enter by each of those gates. Three gates. So three gates on this side, three gates on this side, six, three gates on this side, nine, three gates on this side. But it's four squares, so it's in each direction, north, south, east, west but that's hard to determine when you're in space. I mean, surely you've seen Star Trek or something and they take their earthly navigation tools like a compass. Your compass doesn't do any good on the other side of Pluto. It just goes right? But God has got this thing figured out. And he says four square, and it's got four sides on it, north, south, east, and west. Only God doesn't say north, south, east, and west, so you have to pay particular attention when God says something that's contrary to the culture that you've been raised in. And he does it right here. He says three gates on the east. So he begins with the east. Then he goes to the north, then he goes to the south, then he goes to the west. You with me? So it's not north, south, east, west. That is, it's east, north, south, west. East, north, south, west. East, north, south, west. Each of those have three gates apiece, so there are 12 gates. Did I make it simple for you? Okay, so there are 12 gates. Now of these gates, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11 shouts to every one of our hearts today, we have abundant entrance. Say, I get to go in the city. 
and I get to go out of the city. Hallelujah. William Booth said, if I had my choice, I would not send you to school. That's strange for a man that was a leader in education in his day. He said, I would not send you to school. I'd send you to hell for five minutes and you'd come back a soul winner. Somebody shout, I'm a soul winner. I'm glad God didn't have to send me to hell, but he will give you a revelation of it. He'll let you know it's a place where the worm never dies. He'll tell you it's a place where there is no light. He'll tell you a pla that it's a place where there is no floor. He will tell you that it is a place where there is no joy, where there is no hope. He will tell you that it's a place where your nerves become nothing more than strings upon which Satan will play the diabolical tune of hell's unalterable lament, that your veins will become nothing more than highways for the hot feet of pain to travel. He will tell you that it is forever and 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 forever. Shall I continue? On the east, there are three gates. The east is mentioned first because that's where the sun breaks meridian horizon at the dawning of every brand new day. That's the birthing place. Say, that's the birthing place. It speaks of hope. It speaks of the dawn of a brand new life where there is no yesterday. There is only a tomorrow. There is no past. There is only a future. Somebody shout, thank God for the Eastern gates. The Eastern gates symbolize the access of those who are young. Once they pass the age of accountability where they know the difference between wrong and right, at that point, God swings those three gates open to them. They're open to them right now. You say, why is that so important? Because the majority, 50% of the people that are serving Jesus today accepted him before they were 10 years old. 50% before 10 years old. 50% before 10 years old. Somebody that knows a child between the ages of 10 and 15, jump up on your feet right now, jump up. You know a child between the ages of 10, or excuse me, the age of accountability and 18 years old. You with me? All right, now wait a minute, 50%, 50% of those children will be serving Jesus 20 years from now if they give their lives to him in that window. Between 10 and 17 years old, 25% come to Jesus. That means 75% of every person on earth that will serve Jesus did so before their 18th birthday. So why does the church spend all its money on young adults? Only 13% of the churches of America have children even as a part of their top three priorities for their church. Why? Because you got to show off preacher. That's what you got. You got an entertainment cult. Where are the children? 
Where are the children of the people of God? Where are they? Now, I just threw this in yesterday, so get it. Put it up here on the screen for me. 2019 are the newest, the government's so efficient. 2019 are the latest statistics on children under 18 in America who were arrested. So this is the year before COVID, and you know how things have gotten worse since. Watch this. In 2019, there were 61,000 children arrested at school. At school. In 2019, from school, at school children, a quarter of a million had to be referred to law enforcement. School children. This is what, this came from fatherless homes, by the way. 2019, look at this. 653 children were incarcerated in adult prisons, but every night. 653 children arrested and put in an adult prison every single night in this country. What are they doing out at night? Well, I don't know. I can't do nothing with them. Tell you one thing. You got another one? You got another one or no? Okay. That, that ought to get your attention. Yes? I said, does that get your attention? Yes or no? Daniel. Anybody know Daniel? You ever heard of Daniel? Where'd you learn about Daniel? Everybody that learned about Daniel in children's ministry or Sunday school, shout at the top of your lungs. So why do we need children's workers? Why do we need salvation calls for children? Because 75% of the body of Christ comes to Jesus before they're 18 years old. And instead, we're locking them up in adult prison every night. God, I want to preach. If you guys don't get to shouting better and acting like you're not tired on Labor Day, I'm just going to have to get back out on the road. You know him, Daniel. Shout Daniel. Daniel didn't get canceled on social media. Nobody bullied Daniel. They threw him in the lion's den at 14 years of age. Some of you have been in the kingdom 14 years and can't handle your baby's diety not getting changed in the nursery all the time. Daniel in the lion's den. Threw him in there. Daniel reckoned his position. I need a 14-year-old. Well, where's a 14? Well, they may be back yonder. Is any 14-year-olds in here? Run up here, beautiful. Run up here. You're going to be on worldwide television today. 
Come on. Come on. Boy, you need to play volleyball. If you, you, you do track? I guess, because one of your steps is three of everybody else's. Is she beautiful or what? What's your name? Isabella. Isabella. That's gorgeous. You go here to church? And you go to HPS? It's a privilege to have you here in church and at HPS. We love you very much. Okay, so you're 14. Daniel was your age. They threw him in a den of lions, but he reckoned his position. He knew where he was. He turned his face toward Jerusalem and he offered his prayer to God. He knew how to pray at 14. And then he told one of those lions, come over here. And he laid his head down in the shaggy mane of the lion. (laughs) And slept like a baby all night long. You know why? Because he knew his God. That's enough right there. He knew his God. He didn't know about God. He knew his God. And he knew his God was able. Is your God able? I believe he is. Thank you for helping me. Tell her you love her so very much. Give us some 14-year-olds like that. I said, give us some 14-year-olds like that. Daniel stood up to the king at 14 years of age and said, I'm not about ready to drink your wine. I'm not about ready to bow down to your false God. I'm not about ready to bow my knee to the idolatry of entertainment, to the idolatry of sexualization of children. I'm not about ready to bow my knee to the idolatry of political correctness. I'm not about ready to bow. And the king said, we'll heat this fire seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. Daniel said, go ahead. I know my God is able. Shout unto God. God left three gates for the young, open for them, so they can come in the prime of life before sin, before hell gets their rancid claws into their lives, before hell ruins them with its curses. The next thing he talks about is the northern gates. The north blows cold winds. These are the gates for those in trouble. I've been preaching this gospel nearly 48 years now. And I've been a soul winner since before I was a preacher. Can I tell you some of the easiest places to win somebody to Jesus? In the emergency room. Trouble. 
at a funeral because people suddenly become conscious of eternity and their own mortality. In a hospital room, at a deathbed, God leaves three gates wide open and gives us the opportunity to reach people right in the middle of their greatest mess, their tragedy, their trial, their great sorrow. How many millions have come to Christ in the middle of tragedy and trouble? Or even at the passing of a child in brokenness Calvary comes into view in tragedy you know there were two crucified next to Jesus in the most ghastly grotesque and gruesome manner one on his left and one on his right. Fifty percent of them hanging in that awful sack of death came to Jesus and that same day entered paradise with him. That tells me 50% of your suffering family, 50% of your family's members that are facing a divorce, 50% of those that are abusing drugs, abusing alcohol, abusing prescription medication, that one that's nervous all the time, that one that's always depressed, that one that thought about taking their life, get to them, get to them. They're ready, they're ripe, you can win them in the middle of their tragedy. That's the northern gates. That cold wind blows. It bites. And then there are the southern gates. Three of them. It's always sunny there. These are those who Joni and I have often said they need a little more tragedy in their lives. You ever see them? They've got their health. Their children are healthy. They've got money. They're able to pay their bills. They've got a nice car. They live in a nice home. They've got the best doctor and the often needed best lawyer. Maybe they built a successful business. Maybe they belong to the country club. Maybe they're the wealthiest people in your family. Maybe they kind of look down their noses at you because everything in their life seems to be great. It's sunny all the time at their house and yet they're always complaining. You know why? Because all that 
will not fill that empty void. They treat you the way they do because they're envious. They want you to envy them and they and you don't. Because none of that gave them real joy and they see you have it. None of that gave them real peace and they see you have it. None of that satisfied their hungry, hurting, aching hearts. Here's what we need to get, how we need to get them. We need to remind them where that all came from. Because that book says, and the book is right, and they are wrong. Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. We can reach them. We can reach them while they still have their health and their home, while they still have their children and a family, and they're doing great before tragedy. How glorious to bring them to the cross of Jesus Christ, not because they were in trouble, but because we prayed, because we fasted, because we invited, because we gave our lives for them. And that loosed the hound of heaven, the blessed Holy Ghost, who will not let them sleep between those satin sheets. They'll begin to roll and toss and turn, and the caviar and the filet mignon will not satisfy. And they get to a place where they understand as did the Bible character Solomon vanity vanity it's all vanity they heard him softly and tenderly Jesus is calling calling for you and for me. They need not wait until the doctor says no hope. They need not wait until the tractor trailer swerves across the center line and takes their family into eternity lost. If we get a burden, if we will pray, they can still come through the sunny gates. And then there are the western gates. Twilight has set in. The sun is setting and the evening shadows are growing long for them. Their shoulders are now rounded. Their gait is slow. Their raven black hair turn silvery gray the underpinnings have all gone out from underneath them most of their loved ones have already crossed the great divide into eternity 
they're sad most of the time. They're lonely all of the time. They're mean. They're grouchy. Because they've spent their whole life rejecting Jesus. The changes in their life come swiftly. The chances of those 65 years of age and older coming to Jesus is one in 750,000. Not because God has no gates for them, but because they're forgotten. I wonder when I'm old and gray and the pace for me is slow. If unruly children will pass by me on their skates and bikes and say unkind things to me. We don't understand the mercy of God. Let me plead with you. Before it's too late and sunset covers their lives, we can bring our aging family members. We can bring our aging friends. We can get them to Jesus. We can get them through the western gates. Here's what they're saying. Sweet psalmist of Israel, David, in Psalm 142, verse 4, said these words. I looked, and I looked, and there was no one that would help me. Refuge forsook me. No man, woman, relative, neighbor, friend cared for my soul. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father God, I pray today that you will help us. Help us next Sunday morning to bring them to the eastern gate, to the northern gate, to the southern gate, to the western gate, and bring them to Jesus. May we fast, may we pray, may we agree, and may we bring the Lamb of God slain, the reward of his suffering. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There may be someone here this morning. Although I have not preached directly to you, God's word touches every heart. Maybe you're at the Eastern Gate. Maybe you're, maybe you're at the Northern Gate. You've got trouble. Jesus is the answer. Maybe you're young. Don't forget your creator in the days of your youth. Give your life to Jesus today before hell ruins it. Maybe everything seems to be sunny in your life, but what about you on the inside? Maybe your years in front of you are less than those behind you. Maybe today's your day. I pray so. I'm going to count to three. And if you'd like to come through one of those gates, I want you to raise your hand. By so doing, say, pray for me, preacher. 
I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but I need somebody to help me to the gate. We'll get you through that gate today in the presence of God and you can go home as sure for heaven as if you were already there. I'm gonna to count to three. When I say three, you wanna make that choice. You'll be glad you made when you stand before God as we all will in eternity. On three, shoot your hand up in the air. We'll pray. God will do exactly what we ask him to do. Are you ready? This is it. I may not make it to next Sunday to preach that message. By this time next week, we may be in heaven and you may not be. I pray God not, but your Bible said tomorrow is promised to no one. So on three, raise that hand. One, two, three, raise that hand, leave it up. Leave it up now, don't put it down. Leave it up, leave it up. Our workers are coming to you. There are at least two dozen hands raised. Please leave them up. We're coming to give you some literature. Come on. Unless you have to move around, don't move around. Leave those hands up, they're coming. They're coming. Hallelujah. Leave those hands up till someone reaches you. Hallelujah. Let's pray together, everybody out loud. Lord Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. Today I accept you. I believe in you and I confess you out loud as my personal savior. I'm gonna live for you as you show me how. Thank you for accepting me just as I am. Hallelujah. It feels so good to be forgiven. And on my way to heaven, I could almost clap and shout. Oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.